0: All right, Say, Good morning. Let us begin. I want to thank our thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Tevez, Dovi and Nina Elman for dedicating all of the shiurim and Drashos this month in honor of their daughter Ayala becoming a bas mitzvah. May she continue to be a source of nachas for the entire family. Our week of learning sponsors Alan and Sherry Steinmetz in honor of Allison and Adam Steinmetz's anniversary. And in the s'chus of all of the shi'urin offered by the shul, and our dafyomi sponsors today, Arye and Debbie Langer, in honor of the bar mitzvah of their son Binyamin. may he continue to be a source of nachas to the family and the ribon shalom. And a very special thank you to Menachem Shalom for the double espresso. I have triple espresso, Mamish. I feel it. Uh, I feel it uh, kicking in a little bit. So thank you, uh, Yeshikach. Okay, good. Oh one second. one second. Sorry. All right, so I will say, let us begin. Today's daf is Mem Aleph 41, and we are picking up Emirat HaShem at the Mishnah on Mem Amodeis 40B. So it says the Mishnah, Ein kemach So I will say, remember again, picking up a little bit from yesterday's daf, where the Gemara began to discuss certain halachas pertaining to the mixing in, of hummets into certain items. Yesterday we saw (coughs) <coughs> excuse me well I shouldn't say mixing well yesterday, lastly yesterday we saw about the concept of adding bran into something that kind of led to a much bigger discussion regarding mixing in flour as well as the concept of matzah shmur so continuing a little bit on the same theme the Mishnah says Ein kemach charoses you can't put flour into charoses Now, I will say interestingly enough charoses is not what you think when the Yemar refers to charoses it's actually not referring to our charoses that we use at the Seder rather if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, This was a dip which was used for meat. It was a, a, a meat dip that had vinegar in it. That's the operative piece over here. It had vinegar in it. That's it's, so it's called chaloses. <laughs> so you can't go ahead and put flour into chaloses in order to thicken it up, or into mustard for that matter. But if you did go ahead and place the vinegar, into the, excuse me, if you did place the flour into the vinegar or into the chalosis or into the mustard, you should eat it immediately. So the Tanakama holds there's a concern that it may become chametz. The way to obviate that concern is eat it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Right? Meir Osir. Mayor holds that it's Osir. mayor holds that once you introduce flour or once you introduce flower into into charoses, or into, or into the chardal, so it becomes almost instantaneously chomets, and you have to discard it immediately. In it's actually very exciting, because today we're going to get into the of carbon Pesach, which is very exciting. First of all, it's exciting because Pesach, it's amazing, is only 90 days away, now it's less, it's 80, 88 days away, which is actually pretty amazing if you think about just the dramatic passage of time. So now already, again, we're gonna to begin to see the halachos of carbon Pesach, and the amazing part is that, you know, there's a concept. We say karbanos every single day, right? There's a very important idea of saying karbanos. The parsha Sakir, parsha satamid, parsha saktores, <clears throat> eizuhu mekoman. Very important. Why? Because when you say karbanos, there's a concept the gemara says of neshama parim sefasenu, according to the pasuk from Tehillim. That literally, again, we will literally um, nishama means pay, but we will go ahead and create a karbanic experience with our lips. There's a concept in chazal that even when you can't go ahead and offer up karbanos, the ability to go ahead and recite the psukim of karbanos makes it as if you're offering up Karbanos. So therefore, in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash, until that time, we have the ability to offer up Karbanos every single day through the recitation of Karbanos. So it's really something amazing. So when we learn about Karban Pesach, there is a quasi-Kyam of Karban Pesach, and it's also incredible. Why? Because normally when it comes to Karban Pesach, you could only offer up Karban Pesach on Pesach. But when you learn about Karban Pesach, it's a kiilu you're offering up the carbon, and the amazing part is I could do that even in teves. I could do that even in teves, right? If the pesach mikdash stood, I could not go and offer up the carbon pesach in teves. But when I learn about the carbon pesach in teves, there's a quasi kiyum of hakravasa carbon, even in teves. Mm. So really incredible. Rabarin Mazeltov Tov again. Mazel Tov. Mazel tov. So we'll say. So the Yimar says. So the Mishnah says as follows: You can't cook the carbon Pesach in liquids or in fruit juices. Again, we'll define the parameters of this. But you can. I don't know what the right lashon for this is. When you're roasting a piece of meat and like you put liquid on, is it basting? Basting, right? But you can baste the carbon. So we'll say we're going to see. By the way, the way carbon Pesach was made was you essentially would put a spit through the animal from its mouth and it would come out the backside of the animal. The animal would be roasted whole and be roasted over an open fire. So you can't cook the carbon Pesach in liquid, but you can baste it while you're roasting it. Similarly, again, the waters used by a baker should go ahead and be spilled out Ultimately, again, because they become chametz. Again, we'll discuss the parameters of that in a little bit as well. kahana, machlokis socha chardal. The machlokis ultimately is when you go ahead and you put flour into mustard. divri akol yisarif miad. But if you go ahead and you put flour into the charoses, you everyone agrees. According to you have to burn it immediately. You both say, what's the distinction? Because again, apparently vinegar. Expedites the chimots process. So because of that, if you go ahead and you mix flour into your charoses, you have to burn a tiny. So that supports this <coughs> Excuse me. We don't go ahead and put flour into charoses If you went ahead and you put flour into your haroses, you You have to go ahead and burn it immediately. What if you went ahead and you put flour into your mustard? The mayor says that we go out and we tell you, burn it immediately, and the Chachamim say you can eat it immediately. it immediately. The halacha is like the divrei chachamim. Namely, Rabbi that according to this approach, everyone will agree that if you put flour into the charoses, you should burn the mixture immediately. If you put flour into mustard, chachamim hold, you could eat it. You just should eat it immediately. And now Rav is saying the halacha follows the chachamim. Avonadach and ki divrei chachamim. Arma Rav Nachman, bar Yitzhah on the Rav Acharoses kamar or, or When you say that the, I'm sorry, top of mem aleph. When you say that the halacha follows the chachamim, what are you referring to? Are you referring to chroses or chardal? Otherwise, are you referring to obviously everyone agrees that by that by that by, that by um, I'm sorry. That by that by, that by yeah, by charoses, According to this approach, everyone is holding that if you went ahead and you put it into the charoses, you destroy it immediately. The chardol case is the machlokis case. Rabbi Meir says you have to burn it immediately. The chachom say you can eat it. when we say that the aloha falls the chachomim, are you talking about by chardol or charoses? lamay naf kamino. What does it matter? So we'll say, what do rafkana say? The machlokes, Rabbi Meir. And the Chachamim is in the following case, is into the khardal. Is that only when the Chachamim say you should eat it immediately, and Rabbi Meir says that you should burn it. Avalosuchach, Charo says, but when it comes to Charo says, Divreha kol miyad, everyone agrees that you should burn it immediately. So the Gemara says, he said I never heard this, Kilomar lo svirali. So apparently, again, what he was saying was, I don't hold up this distinction of Rav Kahano. No, Rav Kahana's interpretation in fact seems to be authoritative. How so, says the Gemara. So we so how so, the Gemara says, the Amr Shmuel, from the fact that Shmuel says that the halacha does not follow Rav And I remember again, I will say, was not yesterday's daf. Rav was of the opinion that vinegar causes the Chimots process it appears at least, if not to stop, uh, for sure to stop, it might even be a little bit of <laughs> reversal. Remember again, Rabbi Yossi was of the opinion that if your barley kernels were in water and they began to open up, which is a sign of Chimots, so Rabbi Yossi says, what do you do? Just put them in vinegar. And if you put it in vinegar, it will actually contract. So Shmuel said, Alachad does not follow Rabbi My love, Tzamusihu Delo samis. So I will say, does that not sound like what? That he holds that ultimately, again, vinegar doesn't have the ability to contract, but vinegar does have the ability to make something chametz, in which case, again, halacha including flour, introducing flour into the charoses could be problematic. No, maybe what he's saying is, that vinegar doesn't have the ability to contract. In other words, it doesn't have the ability to impede or to reverse the Chimotz process. But it also does not have the ability to go ahead and make something Chometz. So this is the discussion. It appears, it appears that ultimately, Shabosei, just so you should know, from a Halacha and ma'isa perspective, we on Pesach, pretty much, we don't introduce flour into anything right that, that that's just the general rule that's why i will say whatever we would normally use for flour over the course of the year on pesach you use matzamel uh, that, that's that's just that's just because. They're to say, and why is that? You begin to see it because obviously any time you begin to introduce flour into any kind of substance, what you begin to see, of your rabbi says that there's machlokis and metzias, right? How does flour interact with different things? How does flour interact with vinegar? How does flour interact with mustard? And that's why you even see even a reluctance to introduce roasted flour. That was yesterday's da'af, right? In a case of roasted flour, where there, are we'll about say it's been cooked already, but you see a reluctance in halacha to really go ahead and tamper with these things because if you're off, if you're off, and if you're wrong, you're dealing with potentially surim daraisa. Okay, good. So I'll we'll say now we're going to get into some of really the interesting sugyes regarding... Regarding the preparation of carbon paste. That is very exciting. Tan B'mayim, So we'll say, so the Torah says, just to give you the pasta, mimenu like, You should not eat from it na. Then I will say, literally means, how would you literally translate na raw? We'll see. That's actually not what na means. We'll discuss in just a little bit. So you can't go and eat from the carbon paste na or cooked in water. Ki imtsliish, you have to eat it roasted. So watch this. Says the Gemara, bimayim. So you have to go ahead and you can't, you can't eat the carbon pesach cooked in water. In the I only know about water. Sharmash How do I know that I can't cook carbon pesach in other liquids as well? Amrit kavachomer. You said it's a kavachomer. What's the kavachomer? Uma maim mafigin taimon asurin sharmashkin shayin mafigin taimon Sirabo said, when you cook something in water, the water does not impact the taste of the item. So yet, again, halachalamaisa, I'm not allowed to go ahead and cook something in water, even though water does not impact the taste of the item. So, alachas v'kama, all the more so other juices or other liquids which have their own flavor, which will impact the carbon pesach certainly will be user. Very interesting, says the Gemara. Rabbi Omer b'Maim in the Shamash b'Maim. Rabbi says, Mayim only tells me I can't cook the carbon pesach in water. How do I know that I can't cook the carbon pesach in other liquids? mar ubashal mavushal mikomakum. So the Torah says bashal mavushal. So I will say bashal mavushal according to Rabbi means halachah maisa, you can't cook the current pesach in anything. So right? So the Torah says the Torah says ubashal mavushal Bamaim. So mayim teaches me I can't cook it in water. Bashal mavushal means what? I can't cook it in any other liquid as well. So I will say see. So interestingly enough <coughs> interestingly enough Everyone's agreeing that you can't cook the carbon pesach, neither in water or other liquids, or other liquids. The shaila is where you're learning it out from. So the first opinion holds, right? We'll call it the Tanakama holds, the Rabbanon hold that it's a kavachomer. If water which doesn't impact the taste of the meat, you can't cook the karm pesach in it. Alachas a other juices which do impact the taste, you can't cook the karm pesach in it. Rabbi holds no. My parsha tells me mayim, and bashal m'avushal teaches me what. Even other liquids. Ma'abena'i. So what's we'll well, the practical difference between these approaches? So we'll say, this is very interesting. The, the nafka I think, is what we colloquially call today pot roast. I was to say, imagine for a moment you were to put the carbon Pesach in a pot. No liquids. No liquids. But what will happen if you cook the carbon Pesach in a pot? In a pot over an open fire. What's going to happen? The juices of the carbon are gonna come out, and then the carbon will cook in its own juices. Then I will say, interestingly enough, think about this just a moment. Is that going to impact the taste? Is it gonna impact the taste? No, it's the juices of the same animal. But Lamaisa, it's still cooking the carbon pesach ultimately again in juices. In juices, look at Rashi. Rashi says, dar, shemavashlan also below mayim. you cook it in a pot. And I when I say cook it, meaning this is on an, on an open fire. You put it in a pot over an open fire below mine without any water. So we'll say the only liquids that come out are the liquids of the carbon itself. So the Gemara says the Ya chomer the Rebbe, the Melef, according to the Rabbanon, who learned it out from the kalvech this should be permitted. Why should this be permitted? Because the Rebbe say, this is not what we'll call it a foreign liquid. Right? This is its own liquid. But according to Rebbe, he learns it out that bashal Mavushal comes to include all liquids that would come to include slikedar as well. Pot roast as well. We'll see in the Rambam if we have time today. If not, during the subsequent Shiurim, that you can't cook a pot roast pesach. You cannot do that. We're going to see. It has to be over an open fire. It can't pool in its own liquids as well, its own juices as well. So the Rambam. See, I both say, the Rabbanon learn out that you can't cook the carbon Pesach in any type of liquid from a Kabba If the Torah tells me I can't cook it in water, which doesn't impact the taste, I certainly can't cook it in any other liquid, which will impact the taste. So what did the Rabbanon do with the phrase, So watch this. very interesting. It's very interesting. Bishlo well, listen to this interesting case. If you first cooked the carbon beizach, just to be clear, when we speak about bishal in the Gemara, Bishel means what? Cooking in a liquid medium. That's always what Bishel means. So if you cooked the Karben beizach, you cooked it in liquid, and then you roasted it, or you roasted it first, and then you cooked it, ultimately, you will be Chayiv malchus for eating in a legally prepared carbon beizach. So Bishlama Habashle. So I understand the case of where you first cook the carbon Pesach and then roast it because Hallama i cooked it, so because I cooked it, I violated a but I will say if I first roasted it and then cooked it, why should that be us, sir? ishu. So that's the issue. I might as say, I, this is actually very interesting. If I first roasted the current Pesach, <coughs> and then I subsequently went ahead and cooked it, why should that be problematic? At the end of the day, I roasted it. And we should say, once I roasted it, its identity as has been locked in. And there's nothing more to talk about. Why should it be problematic? To which the Kimar says, Amrav kahano, ha man rabiyosi hi, this rabiosi, disanya, yotzin bi rako kashrayb mavushal, shaloni muhti raimer. Well says actually very interesting by matza. We had this earlier. If you have a matzah raqik is a wafer, but if you have a matzah, imagine you have a matzah that is sharui, that is soaked or mavushal or cooked, but is not dissolved. So, say, so what's that loqal? Rabbi Meir says that halokal maisa. You could be Yotzei Matzah with that. Rabbi Yossi, Omer Yotzin, Kasheroi, Avalo on the other hand holds. You could use a soaked Matzah, right, the Matzah that's been soaked as long as it's intact, but you can't use a Matzah that has been cooked, even if it hasn't dissolved, even if it's still intact. And why not, Rabbi Osei? So interestingly enough, because you see Rabbi Yossi is of the opinion that Haloch Lamaissa, once you cook something, it's Loses its original status. So once you go ahead and you cook matzah, even though it was previously baked, the subsequent act of cooking negates the previous act of baking. So, to Rabbi Us, would say over here that in a case where you roasted the carbon pesach and then you cooked it, even though you initially, even though you initially roasted it, you did what you were supposed to do. Halacha lemaisa. The subsequent act of cooking negates the previous act of roasting. Ula Amar Afilutema Rabbi Meir. Ula would say the truth is, even Rabbi Meir would agree in this case. Shiny hacha do amakra u bashal mavushal So We keep coming back to that jrasha. That bashal mavushal means carbon pesach that has been cooked in any way. And any way literally means. Anyway, see, even if you first roasted it and then you cooked it, you can't eat a carbon Pesach which has been cooked, right? Whether it's in its own juices, whether it's in water, whether it's in fruit juices, whether you roasted it first and then cooked it, whether you cooked it and then roasted it. If it was cooked in any way, the carbon Pesach is invalid for you. Well, it's actually an interesting case as well. One might have thought... That if you fully cooked it or fully roasted it, that you would be chayiv. Now we'll say when they say chayiv, chayiv over here means for eating, for eating an illegally prepared carbon pesach. So the gemara says, so therefore the Torah tells you you can't eat from it na, which we'll translate for now as raw, but at the end or bashal So what do you see from here na ubashal amarti l'cha. Ultimately, again, so you can't eat from the carbon pesach, no, right? Either raw or cooked. But not something that has been fully cooked. So says, what are you talking about? What does that mean, fully cooked? So, this is fascinating. Let's say you charred your carbon pesach, right? You charred your carbon pesach. So, we'll say, so, this, this, so the Gimar says, so let's say you mamish, it's overdone. It's overdone to the point that it is a charred lump of meat. So the Gemara says, so you might have thought that you are not Yotzei carbon Pesach, like that. Kamash melon, you are. You could overcook it as much as you want. The problem is if it's cooked or, or or raw. I have to tell you, this is one of the most wonderful Gemaras that I've learned in a very long time. I'll tell you why. For, for I know that I'm a Miot Shabamiot, but for those of us who like our meat, very, very, very overcooked. Very overcooked. So, Lemaise, again, this Gimara is an affirmation that we will have a seat at the table when the Beis HaMikdash is back and the Karban Pesach is back. I don't think I'll have anyone who wants to join in my Chabura, right? No one's gonna to wanna to eat Karban Pesach the way I wanna eat Karban Pesach. But, Lemaise, again, it's very interesting about so, say Even if the meat is severely overcooked, severely overcooked, right? Halach Lemaise, the Gimara says that is absolutely okay. Good. So the Gemara goes like, Tan rabbalon, yohol, ohol, chay yehe You might have thought that if you eat a raw piece, now I will say, so now I remember I mentioned before, <coughs> we're going to see two different terms. There's chai and na. So we'll say chai is the word that the Gemara uses for absolutely raw. If you look at Rashi, it says chai legamre shalomitzlachlal. To mamish raw. We're going to see, that will say na just means undercooked undercooked. So watch this, you might have thought that if you eat a raw piece of carbon Pesach meat, that you would be high for illegal consumption of carbon Pesach. It's actually very interesting. The biblical prohibition is not on eating raw carbon Pesach. The biblical prohibition is eating undercooked karma pesach, which is quite quite fascinating, which makes sense because, again, remember, the Torah only legislates in normal fashion. We assume that people aren't going to eat raw meat. This is interesting because we were managed doing this sugya in Hilchos Muktzah about uh, the status of raw meat on Shabbos. So, again, the Gemara says we make these, so the Torah doesn't, doesn't put down a prohibition. By raw consumption, only by only by undercooked consumption, so you might have thought it would be mutter. So therefore, we will say maybe if I want to eat my carbon Pesach raw, I have the right to do that. Therefore, we'll say the pasuk says that you could only go ahead and eat it roasted on fire. So we'll say what's the case? So we'll say what is the case of no? So we'll this is actually very interesting will say, so no is what the Persians called abarnayim. So look so it must be very like an under, a really undercooked form. In other words, not even like a, like not even like a rare, but probably even something less than that, where just people wouldn't really eat meat like that. So therefore, halachah l'maisa the na. Ultimately, it tells you you can't eat what, what would be conventionally considered to be undercooked carbon Pesach. Very interesting. I'm going to have Chista. Well, it's an interesting case. Rav Chista says, if you cook with Khamitvere, we'll say, so tveria, the hot springs of Tiberia. so if you cook food in the hot springs of Tiberia, you are pottered. Now, says, we'll say, we'll... we'll We'll discuss we we'll discuss what that is. Look at Rashi. Rash is Khamitvara Mayoros Mayanos So we'll say it's a hot springs. So if you cook in hot springs on Shabbos, ultimately again you are putter. So the Gimara says Pesach Shebishlo. Pesach Shebishlo but Khamitiverya. So we we'll say it's very interesting. What about if you cooked your carbon Pesach in Khamit So we'll say so remember again, I'm not so I'm not allowed to eat carbon pesach that's cooked. What if I didn't cook it in fire? I cooked it over Chamei veriya. So what's talacha? Ultimately, the Gemara says, uh, "I'm sorry." Pesach If I cook my carbon pesach in Chamei Tverio, I'm going to be chayiv. So most we'll say, "Meaning, what do you mean chayiv? If if I eat that carbon pesach that has been cooked in Chamei veriya, I am in violation for illegal consumption of carbon pesach." So the Gemara says, I don't understand. the toldos ish So why is it that if I cook in chamet t'veriyah on Shabbos, that I'm not chayev? Right? Why is that? Because halacha la'maisa, halacha la'maisa, on Shabbos, I'm only chayev for toldos ish. I'm only chayev if I cook with something that is heated by fire. Veleka. And therefore again, chamet t'veriyah is not fire. Pesach nami lav toldos ish." I, by Pesach, ultimately, again, it's not told those ish either, so why would I be chayiv? Amorava, may chayiv, diktani, dika'avar mishum tzli'ish. So says, you're right. What does it mean when we say that you're chayiv? It means that you're in violation of So We'll say, what does it mean? Take a look at Rashi. Mishum tzli'ish. Lav delo lotochal ki'im tzli'ish. Ikah alav This is very interesting. When the Torah says, Ki in you have to eat the Karban Pesach, Tzliyish, roasted on fire, the Gemara is understanding now that if you eat Karban Pesach prepared in any other way, you are in violation of that love. You're in violation. And therefore you would get Malchus. We'll say, we'll get into this in just a little bit. There's something called a Lav Shebech we're going to see that in the world of lavim, in the world of prohibitions, there are two different types of prohibitions. There is a specific lav. We're going to see the paradigmatic example of that is as som bedisho. Don't muzzle an ox when it plows. It's specific. It's clear. It's targeted. And then you have other lavim that are more general. For example, the Torah says you can only go ahead and eat the carbon and Pesach tzli'esh. Well, you could infer a number of prohibitions. What are the prohibitions you could infer from that statement? Anything that's what? That's what? Not sliesh will be prohibited. That, now we'll say that's a non explicit or non specific love. That's what's called in Halacha, a love shebech a general love. So we're going to discuss can you get malchus for a love shebech lolos or not? We'll see that. Amra Khista Hame Vashlo B Khamit Veri Potter. If you go ahead and you cook in Khamait Varia on Shabbos, you are a potter. Upaysach shet salah obhameit varia. But if you have a paysach, all because we will say again, you're going to be poter on Shabbas because it's not Todo Sesh, it's not fire. Upaysach sha bishlam a chamit variah. But if you cook the karm paysach in chamit variah, chhaev. You will be chaiv. Why? Sha'avar mishum tsliesh. You are in violation of the statement of Tzli'ish The Torah says that Kampesa be roasted on fire. You prepared it in a different manner and you also consumed it. Therefore, you will be in violation of that particular love. So we'll say, let's analyze it a bit more. If you must remember again, our terms are very important. If you ate it, na. No. So it's interesting because up until this came out, I think most of us would have translated na no as raw. But in fact, that's not what it means. It means undercooked. Say, so if you eat the carnivazah, undercooked, lokeshtayim. Interestingly enough, you'll get two sets of malchus. Why two sets of malchus? Look at Rashi, lokeshtayim. Mishum lo soch al na, o mishum lo soch So I will say, interestingly, you'll get two sets of malchus. One because there's a specific prohibition about eating carbon Pesach undercooked, and number two, you're in violation of the general mandate kiim tsliyish to eat it roasted, No umavushal. Similarly, again, if you ate a carbon Pesach that is undercooked and or cooked, right, undercooked and umavushal, loke shalosh, you'll ultimately again get three sets of malchus, right? One for na, one for mavushal, and one for kiim tsliyish. Abai Amr ain Lokin Alove Shabihlados. Abai says, no, we don't administer Malkis Rabosa for what we call a love Shabbosai. We don't administer malchus for a general love. Like you say, like kiyam Tzli'esh, Right? Because you also remember again what the Gemara is doing over here is the Gemara is saying Kiyam Tzli'esh is another love. And what it's telling you is you can only eat the carbon roasted, and therefore what? Anything that's not roasted is illegal. So therefore you get malchus for eating any, any type of karmic that's not prepared in a roasted fashion. Abai says, we don't give malchus for lavim like that. We only will see, So we'll say, some say, we won't give two sets of malchus, but we'll give one set of malchus. So we'll lucky. The Lomiyahid Lavei Kilab de Khasima. Shia say, interestingly enough, what I want to point out is something fascinating to you. The Torah, the Torah speaks about the prohibition of Malchus. And where does the Torah speak about it? The Torah speaks about it in well the, the, here, let me show you. In, if, you have, if you have the Psukim listener on the side of the Gemara, you'll see the Torah says Arbanya speaks about Malchus. Right after the Torah seeks out Malkus, it says Los Shor Bedisho." You may not muzzle an ox when it threshes. Which is exactly as it sounds. You can't muzzle an ox when it threshes. So I will say, the juxtaposition, the juxtaposition of Malchus to lo Sachsom, the Gemara uses to espouse the following idea, which is the only time you get Malkus is for a love that is explicit. And specific. Just like Shar is an explicit and specific love, so too you will only get Malkus for a love that is explicit and specific. What does this exclude? This would exclude what we call a love shebech this is according to Abbaye. A love shabihlado. So we'll say any love that's general. For example, we'll say what's a good example of a general love? Kiem tsliesh. Kiem sliesh. What do you learn out from sliyish that anything that's not sliyish is aser? Well, that's a very general love. Sabayi so will say we do not give malchus on a love shabacholos. So will say, and that is indeed how the himself paskins that in order to get malchus for a love, it has to be a specific and explicit love like Los sum shor But any love that is more general love shabecholos, it's aser of course, but you don't get Malkus. Good, let's go Viter. Rav Almer. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. <coughs> so, Rabbi says as follows: Rava Amr, Achal Zog, is very interesting. If you eat a Zog, is literally a grape skin. This is by a nozir. If a nozir goes ahead and eats a grape skin, he gets two malchus. Suisat Zalmalkis. Chertzon, if he eats a grape seed, lokeshtayim. <laughs> he also goes ahead and gets Malkis. So we'll say, the assumption over here is what? The assumption, <coughs> excuse me, if you look at Rashi, achal zog lokeshtayim, nazir shaach lo mishum zog lo yochal, or mishum Kalashari <laughs> asemi ye'aseh megefeh So we'll So interestingly enough, when it comes to the prohibition of the nazir, there's really two lavim. One lav ultimately is one love is um, to go ahead. The pasuk is miayav sheicher yain v'chol Yaim yain v'choseicher lo yishteh v'chol mishras <laughs> anavim lo yishteh v'anavim lochim v'iveshim lo yochal kol yeme in Israel mikolas sheri On one hand, the Torah says that you can't eat the grape skin. The Torah says you can't eat the grape skin, but the Torah also says that anything that comes from grapes you can't eat as well. You can't eat as well. So therefore, the Gemara is suggesting, if you go ahead, the Nazir eats from the grape skin, he'll get two sets of malchus, One for the prohibition of eating the grape skin, and one for the general prohibition of eating anything that comes from grapes. Similarly, again, if a Nazar eats the grape seeds, lo geshtayim, he'll go ahead and get two sets of malchus, One for eating, because again, the Torah explicitly says, <coughs> excuse me, the seed, chertsonim, but the Torah also says the general prohibition of eating things that come from the grapes, zag v'chertsonim, what happens if you eat both the skin and the seed? Loke shalosh, you'll get three sets of malchus. Abai amar in lokin al Abai says, No, we don't do this. You'll get one set of malchus for the skin, one set of malchus for the seeds, but we do not go ahead and administer malchus for a general love. Others say you won't even get one set of malchus. Ultimately, again, because the love is not specific like the love of Losach. So, okay, good. So, I will say, so, ultimately, again, we just kind of digressed a little bit over here, but this concept of love shebechlodos is an interesting one, a very interesting mm-hmm. one. Generally, again, I will say everyone will agree that obviously a specific and explicit love will generate an obligation for Malchus. What do you do when you have what we call a love shebechlodos? A more general love that halacha l'maisa again, like like sleish, So that's the subject of machlokis. Go, ham on. Achal o yom an interesting case now. Remember, you're shechting your carbon pesach on erev pesach during the day. Obviously, let's say you go ahead and you eat a kizayis of carbon pesach that's undercooked before yomtiv starts. You're eating it before yomtiv. What's the halacha? potter. So we'll say, why are you potter? Because the prohibition to eat carbon Pesach no, only applies when? When? On Pesach. Right? On Pesach. So if you eat it before Yom starts, you're going to be potter. So the Gizara says, Kizayis, no min shekha but obviously if you eat a Kizayis of carbon Pesach, no, undercooked at night, then of course you will be chayiv. (laughs) ba'oyom, similarly if you ate a Kizayis of carbon Pesach, that was roasted. So we'll say you began to roast the current Pesach, obviously before Yom Tiv starts, and you ate a kizayis of it before Yom Tiv starts. You jumped the gun a little bit, a little toameo, right? You went ahead and you jumped the gun a little bit, you ate a kizayis of Sli before Yom Tiv starts. Interestingly enough, that does not preclude you from being part of a Chabura, from being part of the group to eat Pesach at night. However, but if you go ahead and you eat a kezais of tzli, right? The proper. This is interesting. You're eating a kezaiyis of properly prepared carbon pesach, but you're eating it by yourself. You have puzzled, you have invalidated yourself. From joining with your carbon pesach group. Now I'll say what's happening over here? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, mm-hmm. So listen to this. So this is fascinating. If you go ahead and you eat a kizayis Tzli of your carbon Pesach, but you eat it before Yamtiv starts, you shouldn't do it, but you can still be part of the Chabura that night. But interestingly enough, listen to this case. If you eat a kezayis of tzli from your carbon Pesach, once Yom div starts, but you didn't eat it with your Chabura, you're eating it on your own, you're eating it on your own, Halacha Lemaisa, you are precluded from subsequently joining with your Chabura for carbon Pesach consumption. And the logic of it, we'll see later on, is that the Halacha's carbon Pesach could only be eaten with one Chabura, and Karan Pesach could only be eaten in one place. So when you go ahead and eat the Kizayis of Tzli, first on your own, without your Chabura, that's as, so therefore you've eaten Karan Pesach, to then go and eat it again with your Chabura would be tantamount to be eating it in two places with two Chaburas, which is Aser. Very interesting. Tanya, you might have thought, that if you eat a kezayis of carbon pesach, no, right, undercooked, undercooked. That aloch said you would be chayiv. Vidin whom uma bishar Yeshno Bikum echoltsli yeshno mabal tochal no. So what's the even thought as follows? When ultimately again, there is an obligation to eat the Karan pesach roasted, right? Roasted. There is a prohibition to eat it raw. All the more so, again, when there is no obligation to eat it by Tzli, certainly there should be a prohibition to eat it. No. Oh, no. Maybe not. Oh, no. Or we'll say maybe we say, no, the opposite. When is there a prohibition to eat it raw? Only when there is an obligation to eat it roasted. But if there's no obligation to eat it roasted agi before Yamtiv starts, there's no prohibition to eat it. Na vyaltitamah Sharihotro Michlalo eatsha mu vusha bamayim kiim tsliesh. Therefore said the Torah says, You shall not eat of it No, raw undercooked, basha mu vusha and cooked in water, kiim tsliesh. So why is the Torah didn't need to say Why does the Torah state it? So I will say the Gemara says something very interesting. Say, which is which is a fascinating limud. These concepts are linked. When is there a prohibition to eat the carbon pesach? No. Only when there is an obligation to eat it, tzli. But when there is no obligation to eat it, tzli, therefore what? There is no prohibition to eat it? No. How does this translate practically for us? This is why the Gemara said before that lemaisa. if on Erev Pesach, before Yomtiv starts, you eat a piece of your carbon pesach? No. Undercooked, what's the halacha? You are not in violation of anything. Again, I obviously, it's not encouraged. It's not encouraged. It's not good. But la it's not biblically prohibited. Which again, I will say, it's a very intuitive, a very intuitive limud the prohibited manners of consumption of carbon pesach only apply when there is an obligation to consume the carbon pesach in the in the permitted way. So when there is an obligation of tsliyes. There's a prohibition, ultimately, again, of na ubasham mavushal. But when there is no obligation of tziyeh, there is no prohibition of basham mavushal. Rabbi Omer akra ani bashal. So what Rabbi says, I don't understand why doesn't it just say bashal, not tal lomar mavushal. So what's the Rabbi just saying? <coughs> Excuse me. Why does it have to say mavushal? It could just say bashal. Sheyachol ein li shebishlum eshech hashicha. You might have thought. Maybe the only prohibition is when when ultimately again the item is cooked at night. However, Bishlomi ba night. how do I know that it is prohibited even if the item was cooked, even if the karmic was cooked by day? You might have thought that Bashalma Vushal only says that Halakhalamaisa, it's asra if you cooked it at night. That's when you can't eat it. But how do you know that even if you cooked it by day, you still can't eat that at night? Tamadomar Bashalma Vushal, Mikomakum. Therefore, we said, "Tarsus bashulavushal." In all situations of bishla, it's going to be aser. Whether he cooked it at night, whether he cooked it a day, the high bashulavushal afkei Rebbe. Let'sli kedar leshar mashkin. I, but Rebbe needs bashulavushal. Boss, we saw this in Gemara. Rebbe said, "You need bashulavushal for something else." What do you need bashulavushal for? Bashulavushal ultimately teaches me tzli kedar and other mashkin that halacha lemaisa, you have to go ahead. You have to go. There is a prohibition to consume carbon pesach, which is prepared in any type of liquid. Mkei lemakra, oh bashal bashal, o mavushal mavushal. If that's the case, the Torah could have just used the same word twice, either bashal bashal or mavushal mavushal. My bashal mavushal. we we'll say ultimately again, what does bashal mavushal teach me? Shamasmina mina It teaches me two halachas. We'll say, and according to great, what are the two halachas? Halacha, number one, that whenever you cooked it, ultimately, again, it's going to be asr, right? Whether you cooked it by day, you cooked it by night. And number two, bashal means that when the Karam Pesach is prepared in any type of liquid, it is going to be asr. So whether, again, it's water, whether it's sharmashkin, whether it's its own juices, Halacha, the Karam Pesach, ultimately will be asr. So mostly I'll just share with you. The Rambam, very quickly, just in the last few moments that we have together. So, the Rambam discusses a lot of these halachas, right? So, first of all, the Rambam, I'll actually share this on the, I, I didn't, I forgot to put this out on the WhatsApp group before this year. But just some of the halachas that we covered over the course of today. So, first of all, the Rambam writes, yeah. So this is very important. Number one, no, which I think many of us often translate as raw. As raw, the Ramam says does not mean raw. It means undercooked. By the way, this is the Ramam Hilchos Pesach. Perek Shmini Halach. This is the Halachos Haythru test. So the Ramam says, number one, number one Halach alamaisa. So raw, no, doesn't mean raw. No, no means undercooked. Now, here's what's interesting about this. What's the definition of undercooked, right? So the Rambam says that it's not roi lachilas adam, that ultimately, again, it's not fit for human consumption. So I will say, so this obviously is going to be somewhat subjective. Now, what I would say is, in the realm of subjectivity, you know, even subjectivity has its limitations. So let's assume for a moment that normal people eat things very rare. I would I would argue on that, but but let, but let's assume for a moment that there's a sense of. But obviously there there must be a certain threshold below that where even you know rare eaters would say no 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 that that's just not that's just not cooked. So obviously again halacha. Now you always have people who are outliers plagodol in life, right? But but l'maysa again lemeisa again. It was ever considered to be rai lachilas adam. Avalim achami menu basar chai. Interesting, after Rambam Paskins, but if you ate it raw. As much as you did not fulfill the proper mitzvah of consumption of carbon Pesach, you are not chayif for that. Very interesting. What if you totally overcooked it to the point that you charred it? The Rabbim says, there, there's no prohibition in that. So it's interesting. So overcooking is never the problem. Ultimately, it's just undercooking, which may be part of the problem. Alright, so there's a couple of other interesting halochas that the Ramam brings down over here. I'll just mention this last one. <clears throat> He says over here, the Rabbim quotes, you can't go ahead and do tzli kedar, as we mentioned before, right? So you can't go ahead and cook the carbon Pesach in a pot over a fire and have it roast in its own juices. The Rabbim does paskin that it is permitted to baste the carbon Pesach. This is very interesting. So when it's roasting, you can baste it in whatever you want. It just can't soak in the juices. However, interestingly enough, he writes, he writes that halokha lemaiso, halokha lemaiso, he says, maisa, halokh shemen, he says, is interesting. Whatever kind of barbecue sauce you want to use, right, you're allowed to use the carbon pesach. He says, interestingly enough, chutzmina maim. This is actually quite fascinating. The one thing apparently you can't baste it in is water. Now, here's what's interesting. The prohibition of cooking the carbon pesach in liquids is only in the preparation of the carbon. After the carbon is prepared, the Rambam says, You could use whatever dipping sauces you want to for the carbon pesach, right? So, this is going to be, no question, in after Mashiach comes, this is going to be the, you know, the carbon pesach dipping sauce bar in the hotel programs is going to be, I'm sure, off the rails, right? So, they say, so, so the, the idea of this is interesting. So, when preparing it, you can baste it in whatever you want, except water. But else, the dipping sauces afterwards, halacha l'mais is permitted. Rebbe said, "Last piece of dama, and then we'll stop for today." Ain't solin es kli even okli acher. said, "This is incredibly important. The roasting of the Pesach cannot be done." on any item other than directly on the fire. So, for example, if you were to take a piece of metal and heat up a piece of metal and put the crown Pesach on that, or a stone and put the crown Pesach on that, that would be illegal. halokh in solono we'll say we'll see later on that we don't even roast the crown Pesach on, a, on a, on a metal spit. But rather, we'll see that we only go ahead and roast the Karam Pesach actually on a wooden spit. And the reason for that is because Halokha Lameisah, we're concerned, metal heats up, right? Metal conducts metal conducts heat. The concern is that maybe the metal itself will end up cooking that area of the Karam Pesach. And Karam Pesach can't be cooked by anything other than the direct fire. All right, so we'll stop over here. More about Karam Pesach and Eretz Hashem tomorrow. shkoyah All right, Chaveran Zumi, Ishakach, everyone a good Shabbos. Shalom aleichem. How are you? you so it's great, it's great very to very see you. Very Things very are well.